Craft Beer Radio, episode 29, January July. 26, 2006. Good job. We're from the town with the great football team. We cheer the Pittsburgh Steelers. Chuck Mall and all his friends are all on the beam. Go out and get them Steelers. Bradshaw and Rocky and Franco and Lynn We love you Pittsburgh Steelers It's been many years in coming Just keep the Steeler machinery humming Welcome to Craft Beer Radio, the show for craft beer and the craft brewing industry. I'm Greg Weiss. And I'm Jeff Bear. This week, episode two of our Getting Drunk on Bolly Wine show. Yeah. Wow, last week's show was a little bit insane, wasn't it? The the post show was a doozy. But people said they was the best post show ever. <laughs> I I tend to agree because I I know I had a blast doing it. So our Steelers are going to the Super Bowl. That's true. That explains the intro music you just heard. In the spirit of the big sporting events and dumb mares making stupid bets, we've decided to fall into the trap. Absolutely. We've placed a friendly wager with Pacific Brew News podcast, who has mistakenly decided to cheer for the Seattle Seahawks. <laughs> The wager is simple. The losing podcast has to send a growler of the city's finest craft beer to the winner. We will be putting up a growler of East End Brewing's Big Hop IPA. Good beer. Pacific Brew News has not yet decided exactly what they're going to send when the Seahawks lose. Well, we'll be anxious to, to find out. The Craft Beer Radio multi-brew experiment. We've had a couple people drop out, but the status is continuing, so we've had enough people to do this thing. Okay. Now, I, ours is ready to go. It, it needs to be uh, kegged, right? Yeah, I'm going to keg it and uh, counter-pressure fill the bottles because it's a little late for bottle conditioning. But we'll have ours ready, and uh, several other people reported they're on track, too. One person reported they had an amazingly low final gravity of yeah. 10.05. Yeah, yeah 1.005. Which is crazy What's low. Like? So he got a very, very vigorous fermentation in that beer. Uh, there are several ways you can send us feedback. You can post a comment on our website, craftbeerradio.com. You can vote for us on Podcast Alley and leave us a comment. Hey, speaking of Podcast Alley, just before we did the show, uh-huh. we were up to 51. Okay, cool. So we're the first we, one on the second page. We we're almost broke the, the 50 mark. Almost to our goals. So come on, guys. Well, give us a By the time this one comes out, it will probably be ready for a new new, new month. month. Oh, so, yeah, so we're going to start all over yeah. again. But we got, it. we got a great deal. We had like 100 votes. Really, I mean, it, it's taken more and more votes these months to actually get us in, but you, you guys have uh, really helped us out, and uh, we look forward to you helping us out more. Maybe we'll stop begging sometime in the future. You can call our comment line at 206-202-BEER. You can send us an email or audio comment to beer at craftbeerradio.com. You can reflect a laser off the moon, and we'll be watching for it. That'll take some time, but we have the whole observatory set up, so... Try it. Be watching for uh, your blips on the moon. Morse code, please, because I don't understand any other one. On to email. Brian from Portland says, uh, dude, which I always like when an email start with dude. Dude. That was quite funny that you started off the show announcing Craft Beer Radio episode 28, July 19th, 2005. Jeff? Um... I said it right the first time. Yeah, we actually... <laughs> it's a funny story because Jeff did it once, and I said, oh, you got, you got to be more excited than that. And so Jeff did it kind of like excited, and uh, I guess he was so excited. I forgot what date it was. <laughs> right. Completely messed up on the date. He, he went back to you know a better place this summer. 
by the way, this was by far the greatest post show ever. Yeah. <laughs> it was a good post show. Yeah, yes, had... if Bob's a regular. No, Bob's not a regular, but when we have high gravity beers and Bob's around, we have no problem in inviting him in to help, help us absorb some of the yeah. alcohol. He had a actual beer topic in his email, too. He uh, was curious about when we talk about drinking temperatures. How do we gauge how warm a beer is? We guesstimate. We have, you know, a fair amount of experience with these beers now. Right. So we know how long they've been out of the fridge. can tell by feeling the bottle if they're in the range or not. So, no, we don't actually stick a thermometer in every single beer we drink. I yeah. would say typically we tend to taste them a little bit colder than we should. Than necessarily the guidelines say we should. But we, they usually warm up in our hands. So it actually gives us something of, a, of two different tastes. One when it's cold initially and one when it's warmed up a little bit. Graham Sanders wrote in. He uh, was telling us that he listens to the show and enjoys it. He has his own beer podcast. It's the Australian Craft Brewers Craft Brewer Radio. If you were wondering, he had the name first. Where are the copycats yeah. if you think the names are too close? And he puts out a show twice a month. When I listen, it seems like it's usually about home brewing. Right. Which makes sense because, as Jeff told us. Jeff from Australia. Jeff from Australia. Met with the beer, the commercial craft beer scene in Australia is not that right. hot. Chuck writes in and says, please consider talking more about home brewing. Uh, talking taste is very important, but being a home brewer, he'd like to hear more about how to achieve those tastes and aromatics. We recommend, you know, if you want to really get into home brewing, listen to Basic Brewing Radio, uh, this one we just talked about, Craft Brew Radio. We, uh, our show, you know, we, we delve into home brewing, but I think that the mandate of our show has kind of shifted into more. Ever since James loving, came online, yeah. I felt that I didn't need to spend as much time on home brewing because James was doing such a great job at it. He got me thinking a little bit, and I think I'm going to try to work in the grains used in these styles of beer. Mm -hmm. So when people are listening, you want to know, okay, I want to make a barley wine. What kind of grains do I use? And actually, I didn't prepare that for this evening. <laughs> but uh, that's what Chuck got me thinking. So we're going to start trying to do that with our shows. Okay. Chuck also says, please consider doing another Scotch Ale show this time, including Alva Scott's Pine Ale. We can get that here. Okay. I have no idea what it tastes like, but we'll give it a try yeah, why sooner not? or later. John writes in, gentlemen, love the show, but please don't lose any of the old podcasts until we've been able to download them in a time. Well, we're never going to we're never going to erase them. You'll always be able to get them off of the website. The, the question was whether we would get rid of them on our feed. Yeah, I'm not going to take them off the feed until I have a very easy to use archive page on the website mm -hmm. where you can see all the shows. He knows that we love good cheeses with beers. He wondered if there were any other decent salty snacks that he recommends. He likes drinking beer or pretzels. And uh, some of his favorite are Uncle Henry's from Bowmansville, PA. What Pretzels you... are good. They have salt and, you know, it brings out. Yeah, I know the salt brings out the flavor, but to also me it's... dehydrates you a bit, so you want to drink. It's, well, to me, the pretzels are not really an... En... Oh, they enhance the flavor of the beer, but it doesn't... I don't want to say this. To me, it doesn't enhance the experience. It's more of just filler. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Some pretzels are good, but yeah, to me, it's not something that I would enjoy. I'm not going to say, you know. Yeah, because cheese can change the overall flavor of the beer to, to in interesting ways. You, know, you can try the beer as it is originally intended and then try it with cheese to see how that changes the beer in some way. We want to point out that you're not necessarily changing the brewer's intention because you are trying it first without any extra flavors, and then, now, then you're trying it mixing with other flavors. Pretzels, yeah, I would tend to agree, don't really... Unless they're soft-serve pretzel or something like that, which may be a different story. But a hard pretzel may just sort of get you thirsty. Hey, if you like pretzels, you know, don't let us talk you out of it. But it's just <laughs> not something that I would see as a good beer pairing food item. 
Eric from Minnesota, he, he says that sometimes he's trying to get beer up to temperature and he's impatient and he tries putting the beer under hot water for a couple of seconds. He's wondering whether that's bad and if it will generate any off flavors. My opinion would be it'd be okay to use hot water to take the chill out of the glass bottle. But if using really hot water for a long time to actually get the whole beer up to temperature, then mm-hmm. the beer on the outside is going to get hotter, and that could cause some flavors. But I honestly don't see a problem with using hot water to take the chill off the glass, because the glass is going to be a good insulator for a while. and has a lot of thermal mass, so if you can right. speed that part along, then your beer will warm up at a more reasonable rate. Of course, I wouldn't put a really, really, really cold glass into really, really, really hot water, because then no. you might shock it and break it. You could. So just, <laughs> not, like I said, don't use super hot water. And uh, don't overheat the beer. Eduardo writes in about future shows. How about some milk cream stouts? Sounds Simple, good. Concise. Yeah. Short. I Simple, like it. short email. Uh, we definitely have one planned. Uh, on our upcoming beer shows, I have some of the beers that we're going to have. I only have like one or two purchased so far. So it'll be coming sooner or later. Jack from the Kick-Ass Podcast writes in. He says it's been a while since he bothered us with some email, but he's got some positive feedback for us. Uh, those are his words, by the way. He admits that he's gotten behind on the regular beer review shows. However, he hasn't missed a post-show yet. <laughs> That's kind of funny. <laughs> Mainly because he can't try to he can't find or uh, find all the beers or styles that we review. That's too bad. One thing I find interesting, Jack thinks that our post-show is a good podcast on its own merits. It's funny. I mean, hey, thank you. But I, I just can't imagine people just wanting to listen to the post show by itself. Hey, maybe I'm more appealing than I am at, than I see myself. I know? guess. He says, uh, we got him hooked on Lost. That's one thing we have. Tap the vein. Yeah. <laughs> we have pushed that show quite a lot. Groucho from The Beer Report sent us in this audio comment. Hey, Craft Beer Radio, uh, Jeff, Greg, this is Groucho from The Beer Report. Just wanted to talk about a couple of things you had mentioned. First off, I might agree sometimes that over an hour is too long for a show, but if it's entertaining and it's keeping me listening, which your show has done, uh, I don't really see a problem with that. You may want to slow down on the amount of beers. I know it's you want to try every Imperial Stout, and, and you want to put them all in the air, but realistically, maybe just two or three you know, in one sitting might be the way to go. I love the pre and the post show. I, I think you're doing everything perfect there. I think it was a great addition to the show because, honestly, I always thought you guys were a little cold until I heard that, and it, it really uh, makes me enjoy the show more. Mech Warrior. Oh, I knew you guys were geeks at heart. I just would like you guys to know that you were kind of an inspiration for myself and my brother's podcast, uh, The Beer Report. Uh, we're certainly not doing the same thing you guys are doing. We do drink some beer. We do talk about it. But it's more of an edge show than uh, than a beer show. Well, I'd, yeah, it's maybe a mix of the both. Uh, you guys really have an upstanding show, and it's probably the best beer podcast out there anywhere. And I do continue to vote for you on Podcast Alley every month. I uh, hope you great success, and I need to buy some stuff on sudsgear.com. Check us out, The Beer Report with Groucho and Chud at uh, thebeerreport.com. Thanks, guys. Keep it up. Thanks, Groucho, for the feedback. Thanks a lot. I'll have to say that I uh, wasn't going to listen to your show because of your description where you don't drink those snobby beers. Right. But I'll give it a try and see what's up now. I just figured the people who are doing that podcast were just chugging and belching. So One thing he mentioned, the whole three or four... Yours per show, three, three, you think should be a max. And we're doing four again this show. It is true. We like to fit in as many as we can because one of these beers, we hope someone, you know, some people who can't get the other beers will be able to find at least one of them, or at least people in America. Right. That's kind of why we try to do as many as possible. 
if other people feel they're getting lost in the amount of beers that we're drinking, then or if our the quality of our show goes down after the third beer, let us know and we'll we'll, we'll shorten it if it needs to be if it's going to be a better show shortened. I would say ironically, the more beers we drink, the quality of our post show goes up. So <laughs> we uh, received an email from what's this? Uh, we have one more audio feedback. Let's just play this one. Yeah. I'm not sure where it's from. Okay. Greg, Jeff, first off, love the show. This is Lenny, the SuchGear.com web server, and I wanted to share a word with your audience. It's a lonely life sitting in this cold, dark server room serving pages, and it would be so very nice if you would come and visit me. I am sure by now that you know if you use the coupon code CBR that you will receive 10% off of your order. I would be happy to serve some web pages to you. It's not like I have anything better to do. We have great beer merchandise such as a new shirt from Brooklyn Brewery and some cool vintage brewery shirts on sale. It would make my megahertz if you came and visited me and be sure to use the coupon code CBR. Thanks, Lenny. You guys better go listen to him before he goes all uh, you know, on a rampage or something. We wouldn't want the servers going um, uh, rampant. That's what it is. It's Okay, there's going to be three people in the world who get that. Uh, but that has to do with it's a Halo slash marathon thing. Okay, as long as the server's not out on the sidewalk, right? right. Greg? Exactly. Oh man, there's, no, there's a... only two people in the world to get that. It's <laughs> me and Greg. <laughs> there's a private joke to end all private jokes. <laughs> okay, on to news. Disappearing peers. Britain's campaign for real ale has launched a campaign. Oh, that's what we've done, isn't it? <laughs> Britain's campaign for real ale, which is camera has launched a campaign to show beers have personalities and to save three styles that appear to be endangered. Hmm. Porter Stouts and Old Ales have 40%, 42% of those beers have disappeared since 2000 in England. Really? I mean, it's interesting because we've noticed, we were talking to actually we were talking to Jeff about this when he was up here. Jeff, uh, if you listen to the pre-show, we talked about how Jeff, the Australian listener, came up and visited us about how he notices that there's a lot of IPAs and stuff like that around. And there tends to be sort of an American push okay. to do all these sort of IPAs and these broad, uh, broader hoppy beers, and, and some of the maltier ones are getting a little bit lost. I must have been waiting to talk for that one. I don't remember that conversation. <laughs> I must have had something queued up ready to say to him. Anyway, that's interesting. That's sad. Some of the staple beers of England mm-hmm. are, are going away. If you're in England, go drink a Porter Stout or Old Ale. Save our styles. I love Porters and Stouts. It's a very slow news week. The next yeah. news story. Old Ale's too. Miller Lite continues to shine. Yay. Yay. Miller Lite sales are up, 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 but not enough to keep Miller as a whole from dropping 1% in the third quarter of 2005. Now, Miller Lite, is that the less filling taste great? Yeah. So that's uh, the second best news story we could find this week. <laughs> and the third one is that some Indian guy is marketing an herbal beer in the UK that promises much less hangover. This is very interesting because when I was in Japan and Brian Dishman from the Otara Brewery was telling us how his beers don't give you hangovers. He said, I forget what it was at the time because, man, I, w- I wish I had the stuff that he gave me. But he mentioned how... He, the 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 way a beer is created will will tell you whether it will, will will let it give you a hangover or not. And one of his things that he does is he takes his beer and he drinks it with his other brewing partner, and he gets smashed and makes sure the next day doesn't have a hangover. <laughs> That's an interesting experiment. And I I thought it was very interesting because 
I always thought that hangovers were due to dehydration, that sort of thing. But I guess it also has to do with whatever chemical you're sticking. I've in your heard body. with uh, home brewing, when you're fermenting, if you let the croissant blow off in your primary fermentation, mm-hmm. some you'll get you'll see less less symptoms of hangovers. I've never done any real experiments, or don't know how true that is, but that's one of the things I heard. The a little bit of info about this beer uses aloe vera. <laughs> really. Commonly found in health food shops and medicinal herbs. You can get aloe vera off those. I forget what the plant is called. I guess it's the aloe plant, where you can break the leaves and there's mm-hmm. aloe in there. Yeah, use that for burns and stuff. Right. We'll leave you with what Dr. Srinivasa Amarnath says is less of a sore head. Nice. Well, that was a sad news section. Let's move on. <laughs> okay. Uh, what beer am I? The answer was... Goose Island Honkers Ale. The winners were Andrew, Dave, and Eric. And we have a, another What Beer Am I this week? Okay. Thanks to Scott, who's good at coming up with these clues. Awesome. Thanks, Scott. I am a robust porter. You are a robust porter. My alcohol by volume is 5.8%. Not 5.9. 5.8. I am brewed by the same brewery as a beer named after a dead federal agent and a vampire. Dead federal agent and a vampire. My namesake's namesake was the president of an insurance company in Wisconsin. I said my namesake's namesake, so... Exactly. Yeah. Very confusing. Stop in and have a pint of me after you are done viewing some broken guitars and the Tommy exhibit. Those are the clues for what beer am I this week. Okay, barley wines. On to the beer. We uh, don't really need to go over barley wines, because we'll just brief summation. I, I didn't even print them out this week. Son of a gun. Son of a gun. Forgot to print out the uh, fact sheet for barley wines. We're looking at beers 9 to 11% alcohol by volume. Malty. Lots of barley, so malty. American versions can have some more hops in them. Intense that. hoppiness sometimes and bitterness, but mostly it's going to be, it tends to be more mild, I think. Frequently have an alcohol warming flavor, but not always. And uh, we want to drink these out of snifter glasses. Yep. Drink them rather warm, like 50 degrees, 55 degrees. And, uh, Enjoy. Yeah, that's it. And our first beer is Old Boarhead from Full Sail Brewing Company. This is in a... How big is that? 22 ounces. 22 ounces and 9% alcohol by volume. Uh, Full Sail is located in Hood River, Oregon. Their website is fullsailbrewing.com. This is a rotating offering. That's all the info we have for this beer. That's about it. It wasn't very much technical stuff on the webpage. Brewed with barley, yeast, water, and uh, hops. And hops. This beer was donated by a listener, but unfortunately, my laptop's in the shop, and I don't have internet access on the computer we're recording on, so I can't look it up. So forgive me, wonderful listener who sent this beer in. We appreciate it nonetheless. And look at that. This is an interesting color because we, we're typically getting tan from all these barley wines, but it said. This one's sort of a straw color, maybe a little bit of a darker straw. Golden orange. Yeah, and it's got some um, a nice kind of frothy head on it. Not not a big one, but enough that's sticking around. The smell is actually kind of um, kind of hoppy with uh, with malt there, obviously too. But there's sort of an orangish smell. My nose isn't working. I'm hardly smelling anything really? right now for some reason. Getting some sort of some sort of fruity note, some sort of citrus note in that aroma. Okay, now I'm getting a little bit of malt. I'm not getting too much citrus though, but I'm hardly able to smell it for some reason. My nose is broke. So I'm gonna move on to tasting. Be bad to get anosmia right as we're doing the show. 
What's that? Anosmia is oh. losing the sense of smell. Oh, yeah, that'd be pretty bad. <laughs> you taste that citrusiness? Yeah. There's a, a, a bitter, citrusy, kind of uh, orange, pithy note that really hits you hard with this one. And There's a lingering a lot of hop, bitterness. A lot yeah. of hot flavor. A lot of alcohol. Malt's really subdued in this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the other flavors are coming forward. Hmm. Interesting. Had an interesting first impression of this beer. I hesitate to say it because Greg might change his opinion. It seemed uh, kind of arrogant bastardish. You think? A little bit. The one thing I noticed is that there's that strong bitterness that hits you right across in the middle of your tongue and stays there. It doesn't taste as syrupy to me as the arrogant okay. bastard does. It's a golden bastard. No. <laughs> this is old board head from full set. Yeah, I mean, the bitterness does linger on this one, and, and that's, that is a similar thing to the arrogant bastard and lots of stone brews. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't taste syrupy like I notice a lot of stone brews taste to me. It tastes actually somewhat light. Yeah, it has a, it has a light mouthfeel, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Still some sweetness there, but really light mouthfeel for the style. It's still a full mouthfeel if you're comparing it to, say, a... Um, Pilsner. Yeah, or or um, maybe a, a brown ale or something like that. Color is striking on this, that's for sure. Definitely, definitely Orange different. Color. Definitely a different flavor than we got from the other barley wines, I think. The hoppiness, the citrusiness of the hops are really coming through strong. And it's, like like we said before, it really is subduing that malty flavor. You're not getting a lot of maltiness at this at all. It's there. There's a backbone of it, but it's just, it, it's, it's overridden by the other flavors that are there. Yeah, lots of hop flavor, lots of hop bitterness. I wish it, to me, it doesn't have much aroma at all. It's really hard for me to smell it. It's interesting because I'm getting a lot of aroma. Maybe, see if you can smell it from my glass. Yeah, yours has slightly more. I smelled a hoppy there. Why don't I smell anything out of this glass? You must have the bad glass, the non-god glass, the devil glass. The aromaless glass was a vent. (laughs) So, one other thing happened this week, or since the last show. I took my BJCP class test. That's right. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. <clears throat> you want to know how I did, don't you? Yes. Well, I don't know yet, but I think I passed. <laughs> That's always good. So you'll be a BJCP certified. Yeah. So I'll be invited to homebrew festivals and competitions and things. Competitions, I guess, would be the proper word. I got lucky. I got some of the, some of the questions that I could answer. You know, we got the question on the malting process instead of the one on water chemistry. Uh-huh. Which I would have had a real tough time with. Probably would have screwed up all the carbonates and sulfates and magnesiums and sodiums and what all that stuff does. Even though I did cram it, it's not something that I know inside now. Right. At least with the malting process, I knew that fairly well. And uh, thanks to James Spencer for interviewing uh, the guy from <laughs> Breeze Malt Ingredients Company because uh, on my essay answer, I used a lot of stuff that I learned from listening to that interview several times. So what we were saying is that James Spencer needs to do an interview with the water guy to really get you. Yeah, I think he did talk about water <laughs> once, but uh, it's just hard. It's just something I can't remember. You know, until I start all grain brewing a lot and start doing my own water adjustments, then I think I'll get the hang of it. But until then, it's just you know formulas on a page. You know? It is kind of funny for somebody on the outside looking in to say water chemistry. H2O, how much more do you need to know? <laughs> it's all about the ions, the anions, and the cations. Mm-hmm. The meow cations? Exactly. <laughs> Let's see, what else in the test? Yeah, some of those questions, though, are tough. 
compare and contrast three styles of beer where you need to write what each style, you know, description of each style, then contrast how each one is different from the other ones. Mm -hmm. It's a lot of writing to do in three hours. Yeah. I I didn't get done. Um, There was two questions left where like 10 minutes to go. I'm like, oh, man. So I laid out two sheets of paper and just wrote... 1A, 1B, 1C, you know, for the parts of the question. And I'm just writing words in the sections to try to get a point here or a point there. You know, it's like, <laughs> name a um, name a commercial example of a Schwarzbeer. You know, so I'm like, cross rights are Schwarzbeer, you know. And, you know, but I didn't get to describe its characteristics right, at right. all, you know. So I'm just like, just putting in words, hoping to get a point or two. So we'll see. And then the judging. I guess I did okay on the judging. I know I ranked one beer much higher than... Then the test proctors did, and our scores are kind of compared against their scores to see if we're in the same ballpark. And uh, oh well, we'll see. Which beer did you rank high? The uh, California Common Beer. With the test, you're allowed. You taste four beers. Uh-huh. Two of those are allowed to be commercial. Two and but you know two or more have to be homebrew. And uh, so they used Anchor Steam for the California Common. And Lucky Me had an Anchor Steam just a few days previous to that. And that was the first time I had Anchor Steam in years, uh-huh. years and years and years. And uh, so I knew what it tasted like. So I, I, so I was comparing this beer to what I remember tasting the week before. Right. And it tasted pretty good. And, you know, I even said in the description, if I didn't, you know, in the overall impression, if I didn't know better, this tastes like Anchor Steam, a very well interpretation of the beer. And then after the test, the proctors are talking because we went to dinner and they're like, yeah, it was old and stale and there was some diacetyl in it. I'm like, what? <laughs> oh. I didn't taste any of that. It tasted good. I, at least what I thought Anchor C was supposed to taste like. What the hell? Oh, well. But I think I got at least Wait, 60 points. Which is the lowest, I guess. There's a there's a low and there's a super high, right? There's a, yeah, several different levels. you got to get 60, 70, or 80 to get to the next rank. So if I got a 62, you know. And I wanted to advance to the to the national rank. I'd have to take the test again and take the test again and score at least seventy. We're drinking old Boardhead from Full Sail Brewing Company. I'm done. Actually, yeah, Greg had drank old Boardhead. I'm still drinking it. It's hoppy mm-hmm. barley wine without a little bit of mouth. It settled down. It settled down uh, bitterness wise. I think it's an interesting beer. It looks like a Belgian. Tastes like an IPA, kind of a sweet IPA. Yeah, it, it actually uh, a, a drinkable, pretty a very drinkable beer, but not quite what I would be wanting if I was thinking, man, barley wine. Yeah, it's kind of like uh, going back to the Storm King again. Yeah, it's good beer on its own merits, but if you're judging it to a style, or you want, you're expecting a style when you order a beer, so it's, uh, it's different. It's kind of not meet your expectations. Remi- like you said, I think it reminds you of sort of a soft IP- soft uh, double IPA. Yeah. Instead of, you know, harsh with, with carbonation, it's sort of softer. But uh, interesting, interesting one. On to Bigfoot's Barley Wine Style Ale from Sierra Nevada Brewing. Uh, this is a 9.6% winter seasonal. Sierra Nevada is available pretty much everywhere. They have an annual production of... 500,000 barrels. And let's see. Hopped with Chinook, Cascade. Hopped with Bittering Chinook, Flavor, Cascade, and Centennial, and Aroma. All three. The malts are two-row pale and English caramel and dextrin malts. And the awards was gold medal winner Gold medal winner at the California State Fair. Now this smells like a barley wine. <laughs> For... Uh, 
Strong Ale Barley Wine 2000, 1997. Great Alaska Beer and Barley Wine Festival, 1998. And that was for Barley Wine Style Ale. And the Great American Beer Festival, Barley Wine, 2005, 1995, 1992, 1998, 1988. And it won in the Ales for 1987. So lots of awards won by this one. Wow, that definitely does smell like a vile one. Has the sort of dark uh, tan that we've been used to seeing. Something we didn't mention: uh, almost all these barley wines, if not all of them, are bottle conditioned because they're meant to be laid down and mm-hmm. aged. Uh, the Bigfoots—they make it easy to age. They put the year right on the cap. Yeah. So we got a 2005 here. We have a 2004. We might drink in the post show for up to drinking another <laughs> barley wine. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, it's it's, bar, it's bottle conditioned, but you don't want to get the yeast in, right? No, and if you look at mine, you see there's some yeast floating around oh. there. I was a little z- overzealous pouring it, so I got a couple of chunks of yeast in it's, there. It's not going to ruin the beer or anything, but it's not like a half of ice, and you don't want to get the yeast in suspension, ideally. Yeah, it, they're still all stuck together, so it's not like it's spread the whole way out. Right. It shouldn't alter the taste of the beer too much. I might get a, get some extra vitamin B12, though. Mm, well, that's always good, right? Vitamins are good for you. Okay, so lots of caramel flavor. Yes. Aroma in this one. yeah. Caramel, alcohol, and... Uh, I guess a little bit of hoppiness. It is, it is dry hopped. Yeah, it's dry with three. Or, or not dry hopped, aroma hops. Aroma hops. Um, there's some. There's yeah. There's some hoppiness coming through. Big difference. <laughs> yeah, this is a uh, not as bitter, but the flavors uh, a lot more aggressive, wouldn't you say? I mean, the malt is really there, but you're getting a a real caramelish. Uh, flavor with it. It's really very pleasing to me, at least. My first impression, though, would be age this beer for a year or two. It just seems a little aggressive right now, a little uh, a little boisterous. I don't know. I actually really like it. I like okay. the I like the caramel notes, which is something that we di- we've been getting more of a candy sugar note, and this is kind of um, uh, a little bit of a more refined note and more refined maltiness. I think, this. yeah, I just think the hops need to fade a little bit more on this beer. I think a, a little bit of time on it would help out. But other than that, it's tasty. It leaves a lot of bitter aftertaste. It After does. I've had a couple of sips, it's starting to pile up the bitter aftertaste. It I, does. I said it wasn't as bitter as the full sale, but it is. I don't think it's quite as bitter, but it definitely it still relieves some bitterness there. But I really do like that caramel flavor that comes through, which is mm-hmm. something different from the other malts that, I've, that we've had. The flavor with a lot of depth, there's a lot of different dimensions to it. Certainly. It's uh, having a t- tough time in describing it. I mean, other than caramel, malty, with a substantial hop flavor to it. What else is there to say? It's, um, it's kind of hard to find the little nuances in this beer right now. It's funny because, you know, our taste buds are being hit hard. They're not being incredibly assaulted. But there's a lot of stuff going on there. But it is hard to just kind of pick out the individual flavors. I mean, like Jeff said, you get this malty caramelish, and then you get this kind of hoppiness, and it translates to some bitterness that lays on your tongue. Unlike the um, the old boar head, mm-hmm. which was hitting you more in the front of your tongue, this one's hitting you definitely in the back of your tongue. Yeah. This is so far my favorite of all the ones we've had. It's pretty good. I really seem to like that old salty, because it was... I like... I just... Well, that night caught me... Caught me in the mood for a multi English one, you know, and that one was. But I just love the malt, the, the the caramel flavor, which is something I haven't been getting. You know, I've been getting more of this candy malt. Yeah, it certainly is nice not having the flat out sweetness, having a little bit more uh, toasted, you know, toastiness yeah. to that sweetness. That is nice. 
um, because the sweetness was getting a little bit old. Oh, here's another sweet beer that's just like, you know, makes you want to scrape your tongue with a piece of, you know, bread or something. <laughs> right. I mean, you know how much I kind of shy away from rich foods and things like that. So it's the same kind of thing. Yeah. So it's nice having that sweet be a little more complex with the caramel tones. Yeah, I would say a little less hops. So I, I would, if I was making a beer, I would do one mm. with a little less hops in the for the style. It's funny, I love hops and everything, but it seems like <laughs> after I've had all these barley wines, you know, I used to think, oh, Old Horizontal, great, because it's been a while since I've had it. I haven't had it since last Christmas, but, you know, that's a good hoppy barley wine, too. I think I really like it, but after this exercise these past two weeks, I like the multi ones. Yeah, it goes back to that thing where American beers, especially, are getting really in love with hops. And I wonder if we're getting hop burnout. There might be, because like Lou Bryson, I'm kind of starting to think, you know, I love hop flavor, and to a point, I love hop bitterness, but man, there's so much else out there. There's so many other ways you can flavor a beer. Yeah, I mean, you asked me a couple months ago, you asked me three or four months ago, you know, mentioned that, you know, you're going to suffer hop burnout. I'm like, no, I'll never suffer hop burnout. <laughs> but I'm just wondering if, uh, yeah, the hop, hmm, maybe it's the time of year, too. Could be. Could be the cold weather it makes me feel more malty. <laughs> I got Trogue's um, Hop Back. Mm-hmm. And that's a, it's a good beer, but I was like, I remember it being very good, and it is hoppy, but it, I, I almost felt like, yeah, I wish you didn't get a whole case of this because it is kind of overly hoppy for an amber. As much as I like it, I wanted something a little yeah, bit more like softer. Good. I'm not in the mood to drink a ruination right now. I'm not in the mood to have a too hard a ale right now. It's uh, it's interesting. Mm-hmm. I'd say give me a, a nice brown ale right now. I'd say go for, um, I would love a coffee porter. I might be able to help you out with that one. <laughs> really? Post show might be a coffee porter. Mm. That sounds good. On to our next beer, which is... Old Horizontal you just mentioned. Oh, by the way, that previous beer was the Bigfoot Barley Wine Style Ale from Sierra Nevada Brewing Company. This is the Old Horizontal from Victory Brewing Company. 10.5% winter seasonal Thanksgiving to January. And their annual production is 8,000 barrels. Brewery located in Downingtown, Pennsylvania. They are hopped with American whole hops. They don't give us what kind, unfortunately. And the malt is imported to row. This beer was bottled in February of last year. Okay, so this is uh, this is given some time to mature. But it has been in the fridge for a while. I think I was been meaning to drink this for the last six months and never got around to it. <laughs> and then you know, at some point, I'm like, I might as well save it for the barley wine show. It's a lighter tan color and not much of a of a head, but it's it's there. Jeff is My head's nice. <laughs> Nice thick head, couple bubbles through there. This has been refrigerated for a while, so we can't really expect it to have matured, matured while, right. over the time while it was in the fridge. I'm getting a, a somewhat malty aroma, uh, a darker malty aroma. Compared to the Bigfoot, certainly is maltier. And way you said darker malt, yeah, that's definitely accurate. Like a, It's a, a darker crystal type smell or something right. like that. This is a good example of more of that candy sweetness. Yeah, it's a little bit oxidized too. Mm-hmm. Just a bit. It's okay, though. 
Yeah, I mean, with all the flavor, it's easy to ignore the oxidation. But it certainly is a little bit of cardboard flavor to it, but it's not bad. You get that mostly at the end. This one's interesting. It has, um, wouldn't you say, a relatively low amount of hop bitterness, but like a little touch of flavor in there. Not really getting much hoppiness in it, actually. Well, okay. Now I am. Okay. <laughs> Back to the throat type of deal. Yeah. Something which I the, didn't uh, get from the other brisket. The other one was all in my tongue and my mouth. This I'm getting something in the back of my throat, which is kind of interesting. The, yeah, the, like I said, it, it's a sweet beer. There's not much bitterness to it, which I, I find, I, I, you know, I said the old horizontal I liked last year, but I didn't think, I think I'd find it hoppier just now. I don't, because <laughs> there's not that much bitterness to it. And the hop flavor I'm tasting is just a, a it's like a little poke right there. there. It's like, here's a, some more, more, more hop. Yeah, there's a pinch of bitterness there, but it's not a lot. Uh, let me read, because people actually like it when we read the whole thing. So let me read the, the distribution area. Pennsylvania, California, Connecticut, Delaware, Illinois, Maryland, Massachusetts, Michigan, Minnesota, New Jersey, New York, North Carolina, Ohio, Oregon, Rhode Island, Texas, Virginia, and coming soon, Washington and Wisconsin. Very good. <clears throat> and that seemed to be a relatively updated map. So the last time we said coming soon and people had seen... Victory on their shelves for six months. Hopefully, this one's accurate. <laughs> yeah, this is. Um, I mean, we're still getting a little bit of bitterness there, but it's not nearly as much as we've been getting for the last two beers. And I think it's interesting that we went from hoppy, not quite as hoppy, much less hoppy. Yeah, it, we stepped down in bitterness. Well, we're doing it by alcohol, and so yeah, it's not really. If you knew all the characteristics of the beer, you might rearrange the tasting order. But when you just have, you know, the only true one you have is. Alcohol content. We like to taste from lowest alcohol to highest alcohol. And impairment comes on really hard at the end. Yeah. <laughs> so we give you as many seconds of good show as we can. Speaking of which, you know, Jeff asked us to do this on the air at one point. I hope I didn't lose it. Which is my beer, um, my alcohol Thingy. Oh, the breathalyzer. Yeah, the let's breathalyzer. do it at the very end after the rankings. Okay, I need to make sure I have it, which okay. I don't know. I think I may have lost it. You lost it. I think oh, I no. may have left it at the, at the at the bar. Oh no! Oh, now here it is. Okay. I got it. Sweet. Ha ha. Stay tuned after the rankings. We'll see how drunk we really are. We've done a lot of teasers in this show. Yeah. <laughs> and we got some interesting emails. We got an email from a server. <laughs> Doesn't happen very often. No. Unless you get spam, sometimes they say. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be torn when I have to judge this beer, Greg. I really like the flavor, but there's that oxidation. Um, Do I look past the oxidation? Or don't I? Yes, you look past the oxidation because it's not, it's their, not their fault. fault. Yeah, that's a good point. I see, that's what I was thinking, but I wasn't sure, you know, because if you're judging this beer, you can't look past the oxidation. Right, right. So, But other people are probably not going to hit the same issue with oxidation that you did. How does it feel to be the Beer Snob Show? The Beer Snob Show? <laughs> yeah, we got a couple emails this week. We don't want to. We don't read the emails where we're tooting our own horns, right. but we got some pretty good feedback from people who uh, just say like how we rate amongst all the beer podcasts. <laughs> it, it, it made us feel good. Yeah, it's awesome. Thanks everyone who wrote in. But it's interesting because you know my friend knows that when I go to a beer, I mean, he, he knows that I kind of poo-poo when other people are drinking beer. In fact, sometimes, I mean, when I was in Japan, I, or not Japan, 
I wasn't in Japan. I was with him, and I think in Chicago. We were coming back from Japan. I was looking over something. He was like, "Oh, that guy's drinking a Miller Lite." He was like, "You're such a beer snob," <laughs> and I guess I am. <laughs> I've always been a beer snob. You know, there's many cases where I'll skip beer and drink water if yeah. it's not going to be something I'll enjoy. You know, and recently the borders have been broadened. You know, I'll drink a Sam Adams, but mm-hmm. even now, you know, I still have to be in the mood to drink a beer. You know, if I if I go to a bar that has a new craft beer that I never had, even if I'm not in the mood to drink a beer, mm-hmm. I'm gonna have to taste it. Now, if I'm at a bar that has Sam Adams, I gotta still gonna be in the mood to taste. You know, I'll, I'll order it instead of ordering water if I'm in the mood to drink beer. You know, it's funny. I usually keep some beer in my car, in my trunk, because in winter it's always cold. I know it'll be pretty chilled, and I, I I go to places like I go to my friend's places. They always, you know, he has like a bunch of Keystone, but I'm not going to drink Keystone. Uh, so you're and, the guy who brings his own. Oh, always, beer. always. And they had a Steelers party at my work right before the the championship game that Friday, and they bought beer, and I looked through what they had. The best beer they had was Heineken. <laughs> Man. So I'm looking through like, oh my god! And they had like Michelob Ultra, <laughs> and <laughs> I was just like, oh, oh. So I just, all right, I'll be right back. Yeah, I just went downstairs. I got Grab the sixer. I, I think I had a sixer of um, uh, Winter Solstice. I think in my oh, oh my gosh, so I brought that up. Did like, you share it with anyone? I did share it with two people. Yeah, who, who know about who talked to me about the beers, okay. uh, beers and beer show and stuff like that. So, so that was <laughs> that was nice. Does anyone at work listen to you? Listen to the show? One person at work, I think, listens to the show. Okay, no one in my office listens to my show. Well, Jeremy does sometimes. Okay, Greg's finished with the old horizontal there. Mm -hmm. I am finishing up. I'm savoring this more. I'm going to have to read up on oxidation a little bit, because it seems like it airs out as we drink these beers. I didn't notice it nearly as much, yeah, as it got through. From my current understanding, it seems like it's a chemical that doesn't air out, but... I don't know. We're gonna have to, I'm going to have to read up on we it. We are also drinking 10% beer, so some of our taste buds are going to be affected. Ah, the senses are gone. The oxidation senses are the first to go. <laughs> I'm enjoying this beer. And I guess I need to finish it. Greg's staring at me. He's tapping his wristwatch and saying, hey, there's another beer to drink. Not really wearing a wristwatch, but okay. Yeah, I don't wear watches. Neither do I, because... Cell phones have time on it. When I'm using a keyboard all day, the watch just hits against the keyboard and mm-hmm. just doesn't... It's not comfortable. But yeah, the watch is never comfortable for me. I don't like something on my wrist. I don't know what it is. I always am playing with it. I eventually just stop. I figure I can all... I have my cell phone on me all the time that has a clock on it. And, you know, I'm usually around clocks, whether it's on my computer or in my car... It's quite a head on that bad boy. This it's a beautiful head. The one we just tasted was the Victory's Old Horizontal. This one is the Fred from Hair the Dog Brewing Company in Portland, Oregon. Fred Eckhart. was created to honor beer writer and historian Fred Eckerd. Strong Gold Nail incorporates ten hop varieties. Ten hop varieties. Oh my God. From five different countries. Hair the Dog Brewing Company produces bottle-conditioned beers, which improve with age. We are dedicated to providing the beer lover with a new and unusual beer styles. We both got massive heads on this one, and it's sort of a... Uh, how would you describe that color? Same as everything else. No, it... It's it, a little clearer, but it, it's a it's a reddish-brown. I, I, want it, I want to call it kind of a darker orange. Wow. The aroma. It's almost a... 
I'm getting nothing. I'm getting nothing. Absolutely nothing. But there's so much head there, I'm not surprised. Yeah. Uh, first aroma, it was almost like bourbon. Like like oak barrel type smell. I'm trying to really, you know, sniff in as much as possible. You can probably hear that. Here's one neat thing. This is the first hair of the dog beer that Greg and I have both had. Mm-hmm. Right here on the label, they put the batch number, 61. If you go to the hair of the dog website, they'll tell you what day it was brewed and what day it was bottled. Wow. That's pretty cool. Internet right there. I don't so have internet can't. on this computer right now. <laughs> and uh, I bookmarked it and everything, so we could say what day this beer was bought, brewed and bottled. But you forgot. Well. Was this donated to us? This was donated to us. I didn't put the name down. <laughs> Sorry. I think it was probably the same guy who sent us the board head. I'm, just, I'm really getting you know a slight amount of sugariness, but there's so much head here. I'm not surprised, and I'm really not being able to get much aroma. It almost smells creamy. It's the ten hops, each taking their turn. <laughs> I'm going to try to see if I can get a sip in here. Wow. Carbonation is the first thing that kicks you, right? Carbonation, and then, wow, just an assault of different flavors. And, like, you get everything from sweet to bitter, to all in between. Yeah, it's a very complex flavor compared to everything else we've had tonight. Wow. Uh, let's go back to the carbonation, because that was the most apparent thing that hit me. Compared to the rest of these barley wines, this one was a sharp and prickly carbonation. Yeah. It just started zinging your tongue when you took a sip. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it does relate to the crazy head that poured on it. Um, I'm wondering if it's by design or if this bottle was just a little over-carbonated, over, you know, <laughs> over condi- uh, too much priming sugar or something. We have to check and see 61 if there was a problem with that batch. <laughs> it's not a problem. But, you know, but they may say, hey, this one's going to this one's gonna blow up in your face. Watch it. <laughs> yeah. Don't age these two for too long. You have a bottle bomb. You know, it, it's weird because when I drink this, I, I almost, I, I think of the taste visually. And I think of it like a staircase. Like I'm tasting... A whole bunch of different flavors at once, and it's like we're all riding up a staircase. It's hard for me to explain it in any other way than that. I know it doesn't really fit, but that's the be- that that's the way. It's per- yeah. I'm getting perception of it in my mind. Okay, yeah, it's very complex, and it's hard to like judge the whole thing up. So let's simplify it. I mean, the taste overall is a dry taste, dry dry finish. The beginning. This is hard to simplify too. I mean, I guess the very beginning is malt. But then it goes into the hop character of the it, beer it, real fast. The, you know, it runs up a staircase. You get all these flavors at once. You get, you know, flavor, 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 flavor. And they kind of, as you run up the staircase, you lose some flavors and you gain some other flavors. That's yeah, why the certain this, progression, that's for yeah. sure. It almost feels like it kind of rolls up your tongue and just rolls up the stairs. I think the carbonation is definitely leading to that sensation right. of where you're saying staircase instead of sliding sidewalk. The carbonation is definitely making it a staircase. It's interesting. Definitely a very unique beer. That's unique. I thought the Bigfoot was hard to describe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. This one, wow. It's complex. Very, probably the most, definitely the most complex of the night. Perhaps the most complex of, of, of the two nights. Well, the other complex one, I guess, was the Ellsmith, right? I don't even remember. That was the hoppy one in the big bottle. Okay. <laughs> Man, that was that was quite a show. I don't really remember much of what happened there. <laughs> I guess I could listen to the show again and see if I can remember how much I did. Or I'll, get you, I I'll get you the uncut version. But oh. <laughs> 
Was it like a half hour longer? <laughs> it was at least 15 minutes more. Mm. Mm. What to say about you, Fred? <laughs> Fred? Fred, you are interesting. I once had a girlfriend named Fred. Yeah. <laughs> there, it was at summer camp, and for some reason she went by the name Fred. I must have been out of 13. So I was like, okay. <laughs> I, I don't know what the, what the whole point of that was, but no, she was a girl. But she liked being called Fred. <laughs> of all names. Didn't last long, but there it was. We got gold feathers in the golf competition. <laughs> Did she look like this, Fred? <laughs> no, she didn't. She was actually pretty cute. <laughs> the Fred on the label was a uh, bulldog. Or a boxer. Bulldog, I guess. Bulldog with a uh, World War One German helmet and a cigar. I think her real name was Elizabeth. But it's been so long, I don't totally remember that. But for some reason, she she liked being called Fred. And you can tell that I had a lot of alcohol because I'm telling you this story. Well, well, let this be noted that about five minutes ago, I had the, the uh, my body said, Hey, you're getting kind of drunk. <laughs> it was almost like a, an endorphin rush, but it was like a... Yeah. Impairment rush. <laughs> oh, remind me on the post show. I want to talk about that article about um, politics and the brain. Let's rank. Okay, let's rank. Um, oh, okay. I know what my rank is. Go. Number one. Well, should I start from the end or start from the beginning? You choose. It's up to you, man. I like starting from from. I'm giving one. you that creative license. Thank you, Jeff. I'm going to go with Sierra Nevada, because, man, I love that, that caramel taste. I really okay. did. Next, Hair of the Dog. Really complex and interesting, which is the one we're tasting right now, by the way, Hair of the Dog. Like that, that staircase. You know, I got that visual, and it really worked out for me. Yeah, next is the, uh, the one we had in the pre-show, the John Barley Corn. Just felt like a traditional. Okay. And that was pretty much tied with Victory's Old Horizontal, which I liked, but like I said, it was a little, a little oxidized at first. It ended with Full Sail because it just didn't strike me as a true barley wine. It didn't feel right. It, it was a little bit too out of style for me. Jeff? Okay, after a little bit of deliberation, I have my selection. And unfortunately, I'm having a difficult time remembering what the first two beers we tasted tasted like. <laughs> Best beer of the night uh, is the Victory Old Horizontal. I really like that mm. flavor. A lot of malt. Greg said it tasted a little candy-like, but it wasn't as candy as some of the other barley wines we had. A little pinch of hops that poked you in the right spot. Pitch. And I looked past the oxidation in the beer. Now, if you want me to judge the oxidation... I'd probably have to make this beer last, because the other beers really didn't have many flaws that I noticed, but this one was oxidized. Second one I put was Hair of the Dog, because it was neat. It was a neat beer. <laughs> All kinds of craziness going on in there. Close third, Sierra Nevada Bigfoot. Good malt. Like, when we opened up, we said, now there's a beer that smells like a barley wine. Right, right. And it tasted like a barley wine. Uh, a little... Too much hops for me. I, like I think I said when we were tasting it. If I was brewing it, I'd tone down the hops a bit. And unfortunately, I don't remember exactly what the John Barley Corn from Mad River, which was the pre-show beer, right. and the uh, Full Sail Old Boardhead 
tasted like, but I think I liked the Jong Barley Corn slightly better. <laughs> I think. But that can be subject to uh, referees. It was review. a lot of percentage of alcohol ago. That is our show for this week. Next week we'll be back with what we hope is going to be somewhat of a more subdued alcohol show. Something along the lines of 5%. Yeah, we're not sure. We're going to have to see what we can find. I don't have anything currently in my cellar to put together a um, a low alcohol show. Unless we do a hodgepodge. I guess we could look into a hodgepodge. Oh, breathalyzer time. Bum, bum, bum. Greg's washing out his mouth to get the alcohol to go away. I have a small sort of $50 breathalyzer from Brookstone. It's beeping. It's going to beep a bunch of times until it's ready for me to blow into it. And then we'll see how much percentage of alcohol I have. It's not going to be quite accurate because there's still some remains of alcohol. You're supposed to give like 30 minutes. Oh, okay. So it's going to be even higher. Sweet. It should be even higher if it if it's done right. So we'll see. Like I said, it's going to beep a lot. Plus, keep in mind, we're still absorbing alcohol. Right. We got more alcohol in our tummies than we do in our blood. Play by play. Greg is blowing. Is he going to have enough breath to last until the thing is done? No. He needs to take a second breath. He's struggling. He did it in one breath. 0.09. You cannot drive. Bum, bum, bum. And now it's Jeff's turn. Five, four, three, two, one, a... D J. J. It's adjusting. It does um, adjust a couple times before it's ready. It's kind of it, it. It's not the fastest thing in the world, but here goes Jeff. Jeff is doing the blow now. He is trying to blow softly but firmly, and make sure it all comes in one particular blow. Can he do it? Zero point nine. Well, we both had the same. I'm not quite sure how totally accurate this is, but. This is telling me, you know what, don't drive right now, and I'm going to listen to it. Yeah, I, uh, I'm a long way from driving. We talked about this in the post show, but it's maybe some, this is new to some listeners. When we first got this thing, we, I took the breathalyzer when I thought I was at the legal limit, and uh-huh. I was only halfway there. Right. And at that point, I didn't want to drive, and I was a .04. So you can just imagine, you know. Yeah. And we have another beer to go. So, so I'm going to probably staying here watching uh, The Office, and my name is Earl, after this is all over. Sounds good to me. Awesome. That's all for episode 29 of Craft Beer Radio. That's all for the barley wines. Thank goodness. Wow, next week we'll be back at episode 30. Wow. Hey, I'm 29, and we did episode 29. And I'm 29, too. Sweet. All right. So Raise the roof. Next week, episode 30, something not so high in alcohol. Unless we can't find anything. Else. Right. Because <laughs> I have enough beers for the Extreme Beer Show. But I think we want to wait a little bit. Check our one. upcoming beers list on the main site of crappyradio.com, and that'll give you an idea of what sh- shows we're planning and what beers we have. So, Thank you for listening. Stay subscribed, which I hear every podcast say, so I might as well say at least okay, one. Stay subscribed, and also vote for us on podcastalley.com. That's all for Craft Beer Radio. If you have any questions or comments, email us at beer at craftbeerradio.com. And feel free to send us an audio comment in MP3. Our intro and closing music is Lameface by Feeble Wiener. You can find a link to Feeble Wiener on our website. Craft Beer Radio is released under the Creative Commons license. Check out craftbeerradio.com for more information. (laughs) 